Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 99 of the Masterclass. I'm Cam, and I'm joined by Dave. Big surprise. Hey, who What's knew? up? Hey. Well, it, uh, we took a week off. We did. But here we are. It was quite the involved week for the Hogue family. Won't go into any real detail, but had a lot going on. So, yeah. Good to be here. Good to be with you. Looking forward to diving into the gospel. The gospel of Matthew. Of Matthew, yes. Is there anything you want to talk about before we dive in? Is there anything I want to talk to? Hmm. Nothing's really coming to my mind, no. Nothing's coming to your mind. How about you? Oh, I feel like there is something I want to talk about, but now that I've put you on the spot and you're putting me on the spot, <laughs> my brain is seizing. Not in that way, just it's not functioning correctly. That was a weird way to say that. I'm sorry. Uh, well, we still have t-shirts for sale. Ooh. And where would they find those? Uh, Teespring, T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G dot com. Would you like me to use it in a sentence? Tell you the language <laughs> of origin, perhaps? No, uh, just get people to the site and have yeah, my t-shirts. Dot com slash masterclass. T-shirts are 20 bucks. Hoodies are 40 bucks. T-shirts and hoodies both say, Jesus is coming, look busy. Yes, I do not have mine yet, but I'm very excited about that yeah. one. Rachel gets hers tomorrow, she said, and I'm super jealous that she gets it first. I mean, good for her, and thank you, Rachel, for purchasing. Yes, thank you. Um. I got a t-shirt and a hoodie. T-shirts are available in five colors. Black, light, heather, blue, uh, forest green, bright orange, and a light gray. And then hoodies are available in three colors. Black, Carolina blue, and I believe... Right, no, a dark gray, I think. I think. This is going great. Um, anyways, they're available on a three-day rotating cycle. So if you get there and it says, oh, no, you only have five more minutes to order, that just means they're going to stop, print the ones that, that have been ordered, and then they'll restart the cycle again. We'll probably leave it open for another couple weeks. Uh, that way, you know. You can decide what color you want. That I think was, I went overboard on the color options. I think. That was that was the hardest decision for me was deciding what color. Um, another thing, if you want some behind the scenes looks at what we do and how we do it, and like I'm about to post a picture of this truck that's been with us for probably the last. 70 episodes on the table, the solar red guy. <laughs> if you want little gems like that, you know, uh, of how we record, what we do when we're recording, how pretty Dave is, that sort of stuff. You can follow us on Instagram. Bet you can't guess what our Instagram profile name is, Dave. Is it Masterclass? Oh, well, I think bigger than that. <laughs> Supermegacorp.net? It's just Supermegacorp. Supermegacorp, okay. Yes. On on the Instagrams. On the Instagrams. I don't even have Instagram, so I'm going to have to now 
don't, get. If you don't have it, you don't need to sign up for it just to follow and okay. see the things that you see. You are here with me in the same room. Oh, so I can see the little red truck. Yeah, it's your truck, in fact. It is my truck, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, T-shirts, Instagram. I think, oh, and I know what I want to say. I want to say thank you to Katie, Rachel, and Wilby uh-huh. for their continued support of this podcast as well as all of the other shows that we do and blog posts that we write. Uh, Thanks guys for being Patreon supporters every month. It means, well, frankly, I think it's kind of weird that people actually pay money. (laughs) Like I'm super grateful and I think it's really cool. But the fact that people actually do it is, Uh, that's really neat and it's validating and it's affirming and it um you know it pushes me to try and figure out how to improve what we're doing um i don't know necessarily how that's going to shake out but the fact that the fact that people pay to support us with their hard-earned money means that we're doing something right people care about what we're doing but it also, like I said, encourages me to try and figure out how we can provide more value to those people. And also to the people that listen for free, because guess what? Podcasts are free to listen to, guys. This it's, is true. That's one of the beauty, you know, the beauties of podcasting. So I think that's enough about money. <laughs> and, you know, things like that. All right. Well, I think... uh Dive into scripture now. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're here for, really. All right. So we're on Matthew 27 verses. We're going to go 15 through 26 tonight. So this is one of the things I will say is that we are on episode 99. We're two years into this thing, two years plus into this thing. Didn't start at Matthew 1. And we're still not done with Matthew. And so... Uh, I think that means we're a little slow. I No, I, I disagree with you. <laughs> I disagree with you. I think it talks about... I think that just illustrates how rich Scripture really is. And how... Um, for me personally, when it comes to reading Scripture in my own time... Uh, I'm quick to move from one thing to the next versus really sort of being in um, what the word has for me. So, all right. Matthew 27, verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner for whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him word, Have nothing to do with this righteous man, for I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. 
The governor again said to them, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released from them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Yikes. Yeah. This, um, when I'm looking at the entire just Jesus being crucified in his final days and all those just kind of things, this to me is just one of those moments of Satan really got what he wanted. Like he really entered into the picture. And some people may say that's with Judas. Some may say that that's when he's actually crucified on the cross. But in 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 my mind, there's just that element of, you know, you got Pilate who's wanting to do the right thing. He's got his wife saying to him, have nothing to do with this guy. And it's like, okay, do you want Jesus or do you want the murderer? And they just are like literally jumping on. <laughs> do you want the nice man who heals people yeah. from their sicknesses and raises people from the dead? Or do you want this, you know, lunatic? Yeah. and. They basically say, give us Barabbas and begin to say, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And yeah, that mob mentality that just, you know, you can get caught up in. Uh, to me, this is just such that moment of, of Satan has, uh, Satan won in this moment. Yeah, it, well, it's, I don't know, I've, I've always, I've heard the saying that, you know, person, generally pretty smart. <laughs> People? People, generally pretty stupid. Yes. Uh, and and it's, it's saying about mob mentality. Yeah. And while that's not always true, this is definitely an example where it was true. Mm-hmm. Where... It seems fairly obvious, especially to Pilate, like, hey, do you want Barabbas? Or, I'm assuming, wink, 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 look over here, do you want this guy? Yeah, I think, I think, I think Pilate was like, who's the worst guy we got? Yeah. Who's the worst one we yes, can put before? The notorious prisoner called Barabbas, um, which is just a silly name. If I ever had a rabbit, I'd name him Barabbit. <laughs> Barabbit. That was a terrible <laughs> joke. Oh, my gosh. I'm ashamed. Um, Because, one, I would never have a pet rabbit. That just sounds like a terrible pet to have. Yeah. But, anyways, uh, tangent we need to avoid there. Pets Cam doesn't want. (laughs) But, yeah, just, I think it's interesting, too, that he offers up Jesus as an option. Because he doesn't have to. I'm assuming they've got more than two prisoners. Just a hunch. And I think, yeah, to your point, okay, who's the worst guy we got? This guy, okay, they're going to, like, let's just 
try and um uh you know stack the deck let's let's put the really bad guy over here and let's put the really good guy over here and let the people decide and you know faith in people man yeah it's again another saying is the the worst part about or the best part about life is people and the worst part about life is people mm-hmm. and it just depends on the person in the day which which one you're going to get um so i do think it's interesting that he sets it up that way um but it also says here in verse uh, 18, for he knew that it was out of envy that they, the priests and the elders and the scribes, had delivered him up. So he's not stupid. He knows what's going on. Yeah. And again, this is just further um, evidence of why I feel bad for him and his role in this whole thing. Is because polit- I think legally his hands are tied. I don't think he can just grant uh, Jesus a pardon. Now, I will admit, my knowledge of ancient Near Eastern law at this time, not great. No, mine isn't either. But, because I feel like, based on how he acts when he's questioning Jesus, and how he acts here, especially when the crowd chooses Barabbas, that Pilate didn't want to go through with it, but he still did. Which tells me one of two things. Either he was legally bound to carry it through because the religious, the Sanhedrin, uh, you know, that religious court had found him guilty, or, or he was more concerned with pleasing the people he governed and keeping things good with them, that he was willing to m- murder a guy he knew was innocent in order to keep his place, which is, which if it is the case, he's being absolutely hypocritical because he's judging here the Sanhedrin um, for acting out of envy that they're like, the very reason they're offering him up is because he's stirring the pot and he's shaking up the balance of power and he's taking away what they had in it. So I would like to think that Pilate's doing it because he's, he's, his hands are tied. Right. But it is absolutely possible that he's pulling the exact same thing while making the public statement of, oh, my hand's like, this is your... So I don't know. I mean... Yeah. I, I guess I'll never know unless I get to talk to him in heaven. Sure. And that's... I, I, I have often wondered um, what Pilate's fate is in all of this. Like, is it truly possible to say, you know, I wash my hands of this and I'm innocent of this man's blood um, because my experience tells me uh, that that's not true, that we can't just simply say, I wash my hands of this and I'm not responsible for this and that so so I believe that following Jesus costs us something and costs us much. I think it costs us many somethings. Yeah. And so I am thinking that Pilate probably had the opportunity to truly let Jesus go. 
but it would have cost him much. It would have cost him probably his position. It would have probably cost him a life of ease and comfort in that he could have let Jesus go, but then he would not have had his position in the life that he lived. And as I say that, you know, I think about even my own life of just uh, what is it that I continually choose over Jesus in terms of allowing myself to be comfortable, allowing myself to remain in the position that I am in. And uh you know i i fall in that camp of i believe that uh our salvation is about grace it it is a gift that we don't earn there's nothing we can do to get there uh but i do believe that there are times in our life um when we have to choose our own comfort and our own well-being and we choose to be obedient and to follow him and um I would not be surprised to get to heaven and see Pilate there but I suspect that there are things that he missed out on blessings that he missed out on because he chose to make himself comfortable he chose to keep his position and be comfortable and remain where he was versus um, allowing Jesus to go free. And even as I say that, one of the things I want to clarify is, is I don't believe Pilate in this moment that this is happening is a follower of Jesus, is a believer. Right. And that something after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection would have probably had to have happened for Pilate to be a Christian and a follower. Oh, I, yeah, I agree. And I just, in my mind, pictured, you know, Pilate, like, walking from work back to his house and, like, walking past Jesus on the street. Like, well, how, what? And Jesus <laughs> like, what's up, man? And just keeps walking. Like, I really hope he trolled people like that. At least once or twice. Because, I mean, come on. I'm sure What an did. absolute I'm great sure opportunity did. to walk by the people that crucified you and see if they recognize you and then just wave and keep going. That would be funny. And I don't think there's anything wrong or mean-spirited about it. It's just kind of, you know, a little a little uh, divine trolling, which is totally okay in my book. Um, oh, what was I going to say? You said something, and I wanted to... Again, Pilot. my stupid jokes are getting in the way. <laughs> you think I'd learn by now. Pilot in his being in kind of a... Was he held accountable for his actions? Was he able to, you know? Yeah, you're trying to stall for me, and I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I have this un, this irrational desire to make him be a good guy, and I don't know why. I don't know why I feel I think like because we can relate to him. Yeah, I feel like oh, that's what I was gonna say is 
what choice did he really have? Like, yes, he could have said, all right, you know what? I'm going to sneak in. I'm going to, we're going to get him out of here. Like, and I'm going to risk, but, but Jesus had to die. Right. So if oh, it wasn't absolutely. him, it like, and so from that standpoint, I'm like, again, free will predetermination. Did he really have a choice here? Or did God have an infinite number of backup plans if Pilate decided to be a total stand-up guy and risk his neck to get Jesus? And would Jesus have gone with him? Or would he have just started banging on the, you know, guard, you know, and thrown Pilate under the bus, per se? I have no basis other than this is oh, what just yeah, popped in it, my head. It's all pure speculation, but it's interesting. But if I, I, the, the picture that I just saw was if Pilate had let Jesus go, he would have been on a cross next to Jesus. Interesting. I'm not saying that's correct, but that's literally what popped into my head. He would have been crucified al- along with Jesus. And is that true for us? Is that, is, that, is that what, you know, if we choose to stand by Jesus in our moments, and I think, there's, I think we have more than one moment in life where we have those opportunities to, to stand with Christ. I don't think it's a one and only one type thing, but do we find ourselves in that same situation of not literally being crucified on a cross, but finding ourselves really truly having to choose between eternal significance and a life with him versus our own comfort and our own um and as i am speaking right now and these words are coming out of my mouth i am fully aware of how often i choose my own comfort you know and, and, and even the things that, that I have done that I would be like, okay, this is on my, this goes on my, my Jesus belt of notches that I can point to of things that I've done. There still seems to be this kind of calculated sort of, eh, it won't be that bad. Eh, I'll come out okay in this. Well, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, um, I was, my buddy Justin, um, sent me a text message. Gosh, I think it was today. It's been a long day. I'm pretty sure it was today. Um, and it was actually, I'll read it because I want to get it right. Justin asks very good questions. That's one of the things I like about him. Um, yeah, it was today. It just starts. It just goes fear God dot, dot, dot thoughts on what should that look like on a daily basis? My response that's a big topic. <laughs> he responds with a big smiley face. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and so the reason that came up to me while you were, you know, talking about this being crucified with Christ or uh, being in a position where we have to choose comfort over, you know, loyalty to Christ or, you know, um, lying versus standing up for the truth, you know, that sort of stuff is, I feel like that a big part of that is a healthy fear of God. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I hear, you know, Oh, he, 
when God says fear, he just means healthy respect. And I'm kind of like, uh, he's all powerful, all knowing, infinite, eternal, created everything we could ever possibly see, feel, experience, taste, or smell. Yeah, healthy respect sounds right. No, like there's a certain fear of someone that is that fundamentally superior. Like when when that thing created you and the entire universe that you live in, healthy respect, I think, is an insult to God's intelligence in that sort of realm. And so when it comes to those situations of choosing comfort over following Christ or lying instead of standing up for the truth. To me, it's like, if I fear God, which I genuinely struggle with because God is love, Dave, <laughs> warm fuzzies. Um, if I genuinely have a proper understanding of my place in this relationship with the all-knowing, all-powerful, eternal, infinite God who created everything, if I have an understanding of that relationship and his power versus my weakness, I guess is the opposite of power, then that should assist me greatly in doing the right thing. But the trick is, is oftentimes it doesn't. Yeah. Which is not a reflection on God's power and is totally a reflection on my total overestimation of my importance and my ability to control things and get things done and a complete underestimation of God's power and how close we are in this relationship (laughs) as far as like, you know, hierarchy. And I know hierarchy is a loaded word, but yeah. 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 It's the right one. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I've been chewing on that all day and I think that's why it's, you know, coming out here. Cause I think it fits, but it's just, I don't know. It's something, like I said, I've been thinking about a lot today, fearing God and why that's not a bad thing and why I wish we would talk about that more at church. Yeah. You know, cause like God is love. Yes, this is true. Obviously, if he wasn't, Jesus never would have gone through what he's about to go through, right? Right. The very fact that Jesus is doing what he's doing here. And last week, when we talk, or last episode, when we talked about him just not defending himself, that is him acting in love, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But why is Jesus on the cross? Because God has to have satisfaction for the wrongs that have been done to him. Mm-hmm. And a God that would sacrifice his own son, as we understand Jesus, but also a person that he has been with for eternity in order to see that appeased is equal parts love because he didn't do it to us because he cared. But it's also equal parts of, oh, my goodness. That's terrifying, right? Yes. And I feel like when we, when we think about Jesus on the cross and the crucifixion, we see this great example of love. And it absolutely is. And I do not want to like belittle that part at all because that is what separates the God of the Bible from any God in mythology or any other world religion. The fact that 
that he died for us and rose from the dead. That is the one thing among a bunch of others, but that is the one thing you can look immediately and go, this guy's different than any other God uh, or uh, figurehead of any religion. And like we focus so much on that, but I also feel like that's terrifying that he would be willing to do that. Yes. And, and I don't, in my experience, hear or see discussion on that side of it. That like, you know, we're like, oh, when judgment comes and the tribulation, you know, we'll argue about that, but whatever. But it's like, no, he sent, and and I'm repeating myself here and I'm sorry, but it just, it's really striking me. Like the dude means business. Mm -hmm. He doesn't mess around when it comes to this sort of, when it comes to the truth and when it comes to his glory, when it comes to the universe that he created, when it comes to the eternity that he, you know, uh, lives in. Yeah. There needs to be some, some fear there because just because you're a good person It just doesn't. No. So I don't know. That, that's all half cocked thoughts, which, you know, pretty much everything I say on here is. But I feel like there's something there. And, and I don't know if I articulated it too well, but like I said, Justin asks me good questions and he gets me, you know. <laughs> well, this thank is you, Justin. One th- yes, thank you, Justin. And this is, this is one of the things I will say in terms of of fear and I, I'm not saying this to be grotesque. I am not saying this to be sensational, but as I hear you talking about the fear of God and the weight that's behind that, and what does that really mean? I have seen multiple times where someone who is truly afraid loses control of bodily function. And I'm not saying that that's what God wants from us, but I can genuinely say to you that if you are truly in that place of fear, and I will, I will go to, the, to kind of that next place of, you fear for your life. You fear for the whole... Um, it it really is a fight or flight response that people who are truly fearful have this involuntary bodily response to what happens. And I'm not wishing that on anybody. I, I would never even say that there's something that, that, you know, has to happen. But when I think about encountering the creator of the universe, the God almighty and having fear for him, it really should be on that level because we're not just talking about a life or death situation. We're talking about an eternal sort of, this is where my soul is going. 
And so if I have encountered a truly holy God, not saying that we need to have this failure of bodily function, but I think there needs to be a very real, a very visceral sort of sense of, I fear God and what he could do to me, especially in the context of what it is I deserve. Because in the context of a holy, infinite, almighty, omnipotent God, I should be, I should be absolutely face in the sand, humbled to the point of, I don't even know why he would have anything to do with me. And don't completely have the answer. Don't completely know where it has been lost on us. But I think, yeah, I think there is this familiarity with our God and our creator, with even Jesus as our savior, where we don't enter into that reverence and, and, and fear of him that we should have. Um, because even as I say those things, I'm fully aware of sort of this like tension of God being our father, uh, God being our daddy. Uh, I can't base this on any direct reference, but I've heard that when Jesus refers to God as Abba Father, it is more in the context of calling him daddy than it is of calling him father. And so, um, being a dad and having children and wanting them to quote unquote fear me and respect me, I would not want them to be to the point of being paralyzed by inaction or losing a bodily function or those sort of things. And so, uh, I, so I guess my, I, I guess in summary, what I'm saying is, is absolutely there needs to be this, this fear and this reverence for God that, um, on some level, I just don't think we understand. I just don't think that we embrace that to the level that we probably should. Um, not negating the fact that he is our heavenly father. So not sure that makes sense, but <laughs> no, it, it, I, I mean, it made sense to me. Uh, but I think that is the trick. And I feel like that's maybe where the term healthy respect comes into play, trying to balance, trying out. to, but I just, I don't feel like it quite goes far enough. And, and it doesn't, because when you think about the God of the, the universe becoming flesh, man incarnate, he is God incarnate in human flesh. He is fully man, fully God. And then crucified, died on the cross. It falls short. Yeah. It's weird because I don't want to think of God as like this mean person. And he's not a mean person. He just, you know, he's just, he takes justice very seriously. And I feel like we'd be like, well, why don't you just sue someone and take all their money? (laughs) I mean, that's the society we live in. Um, and I just, I think with my 
lifetime of church experience with parents that worked for the church, with my six years of undergraduate and graduate degree studies in biblical studies, with my years of ministry experience, I feel woefully underprepared to meet my maker. And I've spent a crazy portion of my life studying and doing this stuff. And I'm like, I'm not ready. Like if I die tomorrow, I I don't I don't think I'm ready to figure out what's next, you know? And and if I feel that way, then how many other people and I just Again, I don't know what the church can do differently. I don't know what we can personally do cuz this is not on the church. I mean, I, you know me, I like to point out what's wrong with it. But like fundamentally me as a person, what do I do to encourage my understanding of God, to to be more comfortable with these two f- uh sides to him, fear and love, right? I, nothing. I mean, if if I'm being totally honest with you, the last time I read the Bible, not for this podcast, was when Lent started. And I was like, I'm going to do a 40 days of Lent Bible study. <laughs> I got through three days. That was, what, a month ago? Yeah. Well, maybe not, though. Well, yeah. Maybe yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Because it's a 40-day podcast. Yeah. So it's, been, it's probably been two months. You know? And I just... So like, you know, I, uh, I just, I get frustrated with myself about this sort of stuff because I have this struggle of, I know it, I've studied it, I've taught it, I've read it in the original languages. Well, no, not Hebrew. I, I, Hebrew killed me. Um, but I, I, I have discussions like this. And it's just like, dude, you don't know Jack. Like, the knowledge that you have is so inadequate for the life that God has given me. And that, to me, is the struggle that I have, is is being comfortable with the knowledge that I have and being able to, you know discuss it and talk about it and refer to, you know, portions of the Bible and then looking at how I actually behave. It's like, dude, if I if I die, like God might be like, peace out, dude. I know you knew the Bible, but you didn't know me. And that's terrifying. But it doesn't necessarily change my day to day, which proves to me that my fear of God is not nearly what it should be. Yeah. Which sucks. <laughs> I just said all that out loud, didn't I? Yeah. That's all right. Awesome. Yeah, and that's... I I hear you in that and can relate to that. Um, so, 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 so very much. In uh, yeah, what what is it that 
I, you know, honestly, I, there's part of me that, that this is what, this is what is popping in my head as, as we talk about this is in so many ways, it sucks to be a Christian in America right now. I think it's always sucked to be a Christian. Yeah. Maybe more so sometimes than others, but I don't think it's ever been easy. Well, no, I'm oh, sorry. Can you? Yeah, I cut see. You off. I'm going to say the opposite of what you just said. I think it's too easy to, in name, say I'm a Christian. I see what you're getting at. Okay. And and there's this piece of me that I'm just like, um, wh- I, I'm not going to even say I want to be in a situation. I don't want to be in a situation where being persecuted for a Christian being persecuted for my Christian faith has implications in terms of life and death or even the ease of which I live. But I will say I wonder what my faith would look like if I were in communist China or a country where Sharia law was dominant. Um, how bold would I be about my faith? How bold would I be about uh, p- proclaiming Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Because I think I do well in my given circumstances, but I really wonder what I would be like if my life was on the line. My comfort was on the line. Yeah. And and even as these words are coming out of my mouth, I can say to you, I don't, <laughs> I don't want that. Um. And and as you and I have have talked, I've even said, um, I'd love to be martyred for my faith. Yeah, you're but, you're alone in that camp, buddy. But see, but 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 even as I say, I'd like to be martyred in my faith. I'm good with the whole. I've been beheaded and it's over and it's done with and I get to go be with Jesus. I don't know that I'm so good with I get tortured. It's persecution. It's, you know, I have to make these choices that in a very real way, as as we look at this verse, Pilate is after making these choices. I do... you know, I have this fantasized idea of what I'd be like. Yeah, it's romantic when it's not actually happening. But here we are, sitting in the basement of my house. Mm-hmm. We're very comfortable. We're very safe. And uh, even with the things that I've said, I know there's people at work that listen to this podcast. I'm not concerned about losing my job. And even if I were to lose my job, I'd kind of be like, eh, you know? <laughs> Because it's still not about it's still not about my life. It's still not about um and even in that, I don't even think the light like if I were truly honest, I feel like for me personally, my comfort takes priority over my life. Like I like I'm kind of in this like yeah I'm comfortable with this life as long as I'm comfortable. Mm-hmm. You are not alone in that. 
and and I'm willing to be. That's why and the I'm, suburb exists to begin <laughs> with. And I'm willing to be martyred, but I'm willing to be martyred as long as it's quick and it's easy, and I get to go be with Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be persecuted. Yeah, you don't. Want, and I you don't, don't want, want to have to deal with the whole consequences of mm-hmm. other people might die because of my faith. I don't want to deal with the. It's uncomfortable. It's uneasy for me because I proclaim my faith. So you're 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 more okay with the idea than the actual prolonged lead up to the end. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm not okay with any of it. <laughs> Uh, and for me, it's not even about comfort. It's just, you know, the idea of being tortured, that sucks. Yeah. You know? And I honestly feel like we're doing ourselves in by talking about it, because God has that sort of, you know, <laughs> I- irony about him. And if that happens, I will be cursing your name the whole time and then asking for forgiveness. Uh, but it is, it is, it is so true. It's just. I, and I don't, I'm, I shouldn't have made light about that that's not a topic to make light of i apologize it's because it, it's happening to people and yes, it has yes yes, yes and yes. i i should not have made light of what is happening to christians in other parts of the world i shouldn't have done that i'm sorry see my jokes dave they get me <sighs> add it to the list of things i need to fix about myself <laughs> or more importantly the holy spirit needs to fix about me but Maybe I should, you know, spend time in Scripture more. Isn't that a novel concept, Dave? Read your Bible and pray every day. How many times have we said that? Mm-hmm. Take my own advice. Take my own advice. All right, let's uh, let's cover this last bit and then wrap it up. Good long episode. It's been a while since we've had one of these. Um, so when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, uh, but rather that a riot was beginning, and that is why I think he was maybe perhaps acting in the, how can I keep these people happy? Uh, he took water, washed his hands. I'm innocent of this man's blood. See to yourselves. And the people answered the worst possible answer they could ever come up with his blood be on us and our children. Oh, how dumb are you? Then he released from them Barabbas or released for them Barabbas and having scored Jesus delivered him to be crucified. Okay. His blood be on us and our children. That's like, Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, times infinity. Is that the blood you really want on you and your children? No. I just like read that and it's like, yep, yep, humans are that stupid. I am one of them and so are you. So let's just (laughs) crucify Jesus. Like, that's just a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say about that. It's just like, oh no. It's like, I've said dumb things, many of them on this podcast or on other ones, you know, or like asked when the babies do and she's not pregnant. Like you you just like, you can hear yourself saying it and you're trying to suck the words back in and pretend it never happened. I don't think they had that reaction. I think they're like, no, this is a great idea. Yes. We want that idiot. Kill this guy. Even though he healed my cousin. Like it's just a all around, probably one of the stupidest things anyone has ever said yes i i would i would absolutely agree and, well, and then you know this is the part where jesus is like forgive them lord if they don't at what they do clearly amen. they don't because <laughs> they never would have said this but then again i'm like 
but this had to happen. Yeah, and that 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 is truly And that to me is where the friction is. Is yes, they acted stupidly, they made a poor decision, but yet this outcome had to occur. And so how does how does God work that out? You know, is this is this just one is this just one way that Jesus could have died out of an infinite number of ways? You know, because if if God's uh, omnipotence is true, which I believe it is, then he had a plan for every feasible situation to get Jesus to die. He's nothing if not thorough, right? Right. And so I, I feel like even the, the, the mental exercise of, well, whose fault is it really? Is pointless because no matter what they chose, no matter what Pilate chose, the choice is still theirs. But had they chose differently, then it would have been somebody else's choice to make. Right. It would have been Pilate's successor, that, in your point, that was crucifying Jesus and Pilate. And it would have been a different mob of people because it was a Tuesday instead of a Sunday. <laughs> would have made this, you know. There was no way this end wasn't coming. It was just a matter of when, where, and how. And God had all of that covered. And, I, yeah. So, like, I feel bad for Pilate. But I'm just like, well, you, could, you had an out. You didn't take it. Could have cost you your life. But that didn't stop Jesus. Exactly. Now, I understand that Pilate is not Jesus. But, right. but... We are called, and, and Pilate probably, at your point, wasn't a follower of Jesus. In fact, I, I can say he definitely wasn't. No, yeah. Because if, if he was, he would have ran away. He wouldn't have been there. <laughs> Let's get out of Dodge. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, so that's all I got to say about that. I, we could talk for hours, but I have to get home and... Um, because my wife and my child are going to Chicago on an airplane tomorrow, and oh. she's not done packing yet, and she's probably going to be not pleased that I'm still here. <laughs> so, on that note, it's yes. all about grace. It's about grace for Pilate. It's about grace for you and me. And it's about grace with Cam and his wife. <laughs> yeah, let there, be, let there be grace there. Uh, Yeah, okay, so that's episode 99, coming to a screeching halt. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was not a sound effect. That was Dave. We will be back next time. Next time. With episode 100, a very special episode that Dave and I are quite excited about. Yes. And hopefully we'll have a special guest. No promises, but. Oh, well, now you just made one, Dave. No, no, no promise. Things are heading that direction, so. Yeah. It could be episode 101 versus this is 100, but you know. It's all good. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> Bye. Bye.